A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Claire Mutimer. And I'm Susie Coulson. Welcome to Backstory Mashups. Three shorter stories, some old, some new, but with a common theme running throughout. Mashups. Yes, it's a thing. And we're going with that. Yeah. Welcome to the backstory. This week, our theme is a sudden change. Yes, it's the second part of our backstory mashups, where we have found some strong links within some previous stories and literally mashed them up with some new recordings. Susie is slightly on edge about the mashup title, so I'm just saying as much as I can to wind her up. Oh, thank you, Claire. In this programme, we've teamed up with The Breakup Monologues, another podcast, to bring you a recording which they did and fits this episode's theme of a sudden change like a glove. Starring comedian Jane Postlethwaite, we hear her describe her big breakup. That really bad breakup where everything seems set for a future together and then literally carpet whipped out from under feet. Yeah, exactly. And there is the sudden change. And sudden change is really interesting because whilst knowledge of something hideous ahead is just that, completely hideous, sudden change means that whilst you might live off some adrenaline initially, more often than not, some serious readjustment needs to take effect. And that can often mean a period of mental turmoil, which people deal with in different ways. So let's first go to the breakup monologues with Jane Postlethwaite, hosted by Rosie Wilby. He was about seven years older, so I was thinking, OK, I'm kind of set. You know, mm-hmm. he, he wasn't really that attractive, <laughs> as lots of people told me. So you thought, he's not going to go looking for anyone else. No, of course not. You know, he's got himself a nice blonde six foot, reasonably yeah. attractive girlfriend. And, who's funny. Uh, who's hilarious, Rosie. Yes. Um, and so I was doing stand up. I was doing, I just started, I was learning everything about it. I was doing a gig a week. And I was doing some plays as well in the Brighton Fringe. This is 2014. Mm -hmm. And he was in some of the plays as well. And I thought I'd struck gold because he owned a flat in Brighton. Oh, that well, that is good. And we did did it up. And he um, was going to sell it. And his dad um, had a bit of money. His dad was going to give us some money for a deposit. And on my lunch breaks, I'd be going out looking at these flats. And we were deciding, do we go for a garden? Mm. Or do we go for that extra bedroom Mm -hmm. um, for babies? Oh, wow. Um, So this was a serious, this was was your big relationship that was going to be the forever. Forever. I I just, that's what I saw in my future. And I was very excited. 
And then after we'd done Brighton Fringe, um, we we went to the beach and I said, oh, we've been so busy. We need to go on holiday together. And he said, uh, no. And I said, oh, okay. Um, why? And he said, um, going on holiday with you, there's no joy in it. Oh, <laughs> that's horrible. So I was like, oh, okay. I was like, what's going on? And he just said, oh, we're going through some stuff. And you didn't know that you were going through some stuff. I didn't know we were going through oh, stuff. Really? I've been looking on my lunch break going around flats, which is quite <laughs> stressful. Well, and maybe he's... maybe you weren't going through stuff. Maybe it was just him, was it? Well, that's mm. what I'm getting to. Yes. And then his family was staying down for the Brighton Fringe and I was, you know, his dad was quite elderly. He was kind of uh, in his 80s. So I'd go and meet them because my ex would be late from work mm. um, saying he was in London with his improvisation group. Anyway, uh, a couple of weeks later, he wasn't coming home. He was he was staying at his brother's house nearby, and um, I remember it very vividly because I'd I, I'd got really anxious because I didn't know what was going on, but I knew something was going on. Mm. And um, I'd taken a, an old diazepam I'd found in a drawer. <laughs> right, as you I do. watched okay. an episode of Wallander. Yeah. Oh, the, yes. The that, actual... that would be super trippy on, yeah. on a little bit of diazepam. It was lovely. Um, the Swedish one as well with subtitles. Yes, that's the best one. Yeah, yeah. And something told me to get up and walk to his laptop that was on the dining room <gasps> table. Oh, something really? pulled oh. me from my tummy. I went and sat down, oh. lifted up his laptop, and his emails were there. No Anna. password then. No, he left it all open. Well, really, never like he done wanted that to be discovered. Yes, ah. and I found. I went to the sent folder. It was like something was guiding me, and I do really? believe. Gosh. Yeah, I believe you get signs and you get angels. Tingly sense. Yeah, which weird. then led to pounding heart. <gasps> oh. oh yeah, I can. I feel it. I'm Reading with you. the first <gasps> line. I spend five minutes with Jane and all I can think about is you. Oh. So then I had her name and then I searched in his Gmail and he'd sent her a picture of his penis. Oh. <laughs> he had wrote well, a long list do that? <laughs> of sexual things that he wanted to do with her. She wrote back whether she would do them or not. Oh, no. Um, she was off to California for six months. Right. Living a nice life. And they'd been meeting up to discuss what their relationship was. And it turns out it was someone he'd known for 16 years. Wow. wow. Never uttered her name to me ever. Wow. And suddenly decided that he wanted to go out with, with her. her. And oh then she went off um, to California for six months while I had a nervous breakdown <gasps> for six months. James. A very messy eight or so months ensued, but safe to say, Jane Postlethwaite wrote a great Brighton Fringe show and she is now much stronger. I'm glad to hear that. So Claire, have you ever been through a big breakup? Yes, I did instigate the few breakups that I was part of, um, but that's not to say it made it any easier really, although I suppose I did see them coming. Um, What about you, Susie? Yeah, nothing dramatic, but looking back, I think there were a few where I kind of ghosted them and maybe a couple where I was ghosted. And back in those days, we didn't even really call it ghosting. And what do you mean by ghosting? Well, just that thing where you kind of disappear. You know, you're there and you're uh, you're seeing each other and then one person just kind of drops off completely. And, oh, that's a bit... Yeah. yeah that's not really nice. So now it would be the equivalent nowadays would be... 
uh, just not answering messages. Yeah. And you'd be able to see that that person had read your WhatsApp, but they just weren't responding. Yeah, coward's way out. Yeah, it is, exactly. Not yeah, good. Not nice. Yeah, sorry about that. Next up is Nick Little, a social entrepreneur who worked closely with Os- Osborne, who then became his best mate. Then suddenly Oz was struck down by an illness and everything suddenly changed for Nick. Here he is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's devastating, really. I mean, he's... Um... He was such a good good bloke and he did so much for so many people and I really realised the full extent of that when, when he was ill. He, he had a hemorrhage. Um, it was on the 1st of August. We were going to meet with the barbers that we'd been working with on the 12th Man uh, campaign and um, he sent me a message to say he wasn't feeling very well um, to cancel the meeting, which we did. And then I think an hour or so later he had a hemorrhage at home with his wife um, and the, obviously an ambulance was called and he, and he got to hospital but he'd lost a, a lot of blood um, hemorrhage was in his chest and um, yeah and then so by the time I got to hospital he was he was on a life support machine and, and all that because he had um, had multiple organ failure as a result of the, the blood loss um, but he he then yeah for about a week um was was fully sedated and um, fully supported, and they started to to um, try and introduce, try and reintroduce some of his, his organs. And unfortunately, in the end, it, it wasn't successful. But he was able; they were able to lift the sedation, so we were able to talk. And there's about another week where we were able to, um, you know, we said everything we we wanted to say. I love, I loved the man. You know, I, I truly loved him. Um, and I know that he thought I was all right as well. <laughs> and, um, but it was more, um, it was the other people that I, I organised a lot of visits um, with a lot of the people that we'd worked with and to hear some of their stories about how what he meant for them was was incredible. Um, but also some things, a lot of things we didn't know about, a bit like when George Michael died, you hear all these stories. So a lot of these were football-related he, there was a post that was put on the an Ipswich Town fans uh, forum that say he was unwell, and just all these people just came out. Oh, I know this guy. Um, I was once on here and I mentioned that um, I wasn't wasn't feeling very well. So had a bit of depression. He contacted me and he drove all the way to Bury St Edmunds and met with me and chatted and you know all these things. And I thought I did, never knew any of this stuff, and um, and I knew that he did that because he's been very supportive of my mum um after my dad died my dad died two years ago um and he was he knew my dad and he's close with my mum and and you know my mum might phone me and say oh oh, I've just seen Oz and I'd think what (laughs) why and he said oh you know he's came around he's lovely and and then I'd phone Oz say "What, what were you doing Ran my mum and she's oh I was in the area and I'd sort of press him and I realised he wasn't in the area he went to see her you know Aww. things that like he'd send sent my mum messages on on my mum and dad's wedding anniversary and stuff like that you know just lovely little things that he would do um, yeah it's just remarkably, a, thoughtful, remarkably thoughtful very very kind um, I mean he was just brilliant he he, he was a unique. The way he thought about things was was always different to to everybody else, and not not to be different. It just was. He could look at things from a 
from another point of view and yeah I'll miss that a lot um, I miss it now you know I really so many things I wish I could call him and tell him about um, including like he's a we've we've won an award we, we're getting on Wednesday um, I really want to tell him <laughs> you know but I can't you know and things like a couple of weeks ago I was on TV I was on Anglia News live and afterwards obviously everyone was sending me messages of congratulations and all that I, I was depressed for four days afterwards you know I, I felt such a mixture of emotions I felt very exposed that um I that he wasn't with me anymore I, I wasn't at all nervous um, you can tell I like talking so that that wasn't an issue it was it was the fact I thought he should have been there and um we should be doing this together and it seems just ridiculous that somebody in the middle of their life who's 46 has, has died like this um and so that yeah that that was it was in a weird way you're getting a lot of praise and and you, all these opportunities are coming um and you f- you feel guilty right. you feel guilty yeah. about it and you you feel you don't deserve it and of course i know that i do uh, one of the Oz's biggest uh, bugbears with me was that I created the 12th Man <laughs> campaign, not him, because he loved it. But, you know, I, I can't help but feel um, as, as great as I felt to be able to have that exposure, and it's been brilliant for, for the campaign. It leaves you with a, with a it's bittersweet, yeah. you know. A successful partnership means that everything is always better than it would be with if you're doing it individually, whether that's a marriage, a friendship, a a business partnership, you know, any kind of relationship like that. Um, If it's not the right partnership, then it isn't. It it can be worse. Um, And it's about finding those people. And and I think for Oz and I, we knew as soon as we met each other, um, it's love at first sight and all that. (laughs) But, you know, that, that you just know, you just know, I think I can work with this person and we, we were committed to work together for the rest of our lives. And sadly for us, that was much sooner than, than we thought it would be. I've even been to Ipswich and and sat in the North stand, you know, um, with his wife and some others. And, you know, that's, that's a big thing for me. So now having had this long time with Oz, um, and having lost him, do you have to like readjust the way you work? Yeah, completely. I've just um, left one job <laughs> um, to do the work that Oz was going to be doing, um, mainly on the Twelfth Man project. Right. I, I talked to him right at the end. We talked about the outsiders, and you know, I promised him that it would carry on. He said, "You you have to carry on." Um, and I, I'm absolutely determined to do so. I'm really determined now um, in a way that I wasn't before. I feel I owe him a lot. Um, but I suppose, yeah, the, the the way we work, I hopefully won't change. I'm not going to give up on the values and, and I'm going to maintain that courage of conviction that we had. Um, it, I'll, just, I'll just miss him a lot because there was only, there was only one Oz Osborne. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ah, oh, poor Nick. That was such a horrible thing for him to have to go through. Yes, and from someone who clearly goes through life trying to help and do things kindly. So tell us about the final clip, Susie. This one is taking us back a bit, isn't it? It certainly is. Yeah, this is the first podcast that we ever made. My first podcast interview. And my God, I put myself in at the deep end with this one. You did. It's an interview with John and Jan Chadwick, who are parents to Andrea. Andrea was murdered by her husband, who happened to be the mayor of Cromer, which is not far from where we're recording now. Yes, this was a story very local to us up on the North Norfolk coast and one that had caught your eye mainly for how it was reported, wasn't it? Yeah, the local paper had made out that this was a moment of madness and that just didn't ring true for me. I suspected that it was something that would have been going on for a lot longer. You know, these kind of murders of partners tend to be the culmination of years of domestic abuse. Sure enough, after she died, Andrea's diaries were found and they revealed just that. Here's her mum and dad, John and Jan, talking about what happened. He was standing in the kitchen with a shotgun. She walked in, saw him, run out. She started phoning the police. Well, she was on the phone to the police as she ran round to the neighbour's front garden. He chased her and just killed her there and then. Gone eight o'clock at night before somebody mm. came, wasn't it, to tell us. And it was just hell. Those few hours was, was hell. And what were the police able to tell you at that early stage? Originally, they said it's an argument gone wrong. Um, they only knew what, obviously, the, the crime scene was telling them. They said that, try to explain that there's a delay because, obviously, there's a firearms involved. Andrew was out the front of the neighbours. Uh, he chased her around to the, the house next door and killed her there and killed himself on their patio at the back of their garden. So the police were reluctant to go in to start with because of a shooting. They didn't know if it was a random shooting out the front. Then by the time the firearm uh, team get there, they then get in round the back. Then they found Keith. And once they found Keith and the situation is where he'd killed himself, they then weren't looking for anybody else. So this all takes time, doesn't it? Because it's husband and wife. They just assume, if it's that their normal procedures, it's an argument gone wrong. And we, we both said, we, you know, we couldn't understand it. That's not like Keith to do this and do that. 
And so, we, you know, we, we just said, like we say, we it was a moment of madness, something, just an argument gone wrong. Can you think back to to the days and weeks before Andrea was killed? Can you, was there anything unusual going on around that time? Well, she had been suffering from depression. That the last, the last few weeks, she wasn't very good. She wasn't very good then. Even the last day we saw her. But, you know, uh, we just took it that was Andrea. Um, had no other reason to worry um, about a situation or anything. Um, no. So when you say that she wasn't too good, what do you mean by that? Did she just, she seemed down or upset or...? Yeah, down, yes, um, down. Um, but um, not for us to have any reason to worry um, because depression is, is like that. You have your ups and downs. How about Keith? Did you know anything about... Was there any indication that he was um, struggling with his mental health in any way? No, no, because uh, so he bought her the gun because she she joined a local clay pigeon shooting club, so he bought the gun, and we know that was all locked up. He got the safe in his office at home. We never knew. Um, uh, we'd never seen them there, but she obviously wrote every day in her diary, and thank God she did. The police always said that the parents were always the last to find out. Every occasion when he had ill-treated her, um, physically and mentally, there was always afterwards um, a gift, a present of some sort. Again, from what we saw, the cruisers, the Porsche, he bought a Porsche car, but when you read the diaries, that was all after instance. The Home Office, they asked for um, the diaries to be checked over and it was the lady who did that and she said to us when she came to see us, she said, I'm afraid you're going to be very upset um, because, like I said at the beginning, I thought it was just a moment of madness that had a row and that's what happened. But she said it wasn't and... Um, I mean, she called the police twice, had the police out to, to him twice, which we didn't know about either until then. Um, I mean, whenever she was, was, whenever she was poorly, she never went to the doctors on her own. He went with her. Um, mm. So I don't suppose everything came out, you know. She told him she's you know, going to leave him, that was it. So on the Sunday... Well, from Saturday or Sunday, so it was premeditated. He'd got it all arranged. He got the gun out. He'd loaded it, and he got a pocket full of shells. So he knew he was going to kill X number of people. He wasn't bothered who he was going to kill. She told friends there that she needed somewhere to stay. And on the, they were trying to sort things out for her as a number of people. And um, a friend came forward on the Saturday, and she stayed overnight. And apparently she was texting Keith... The messages are on the phone saying, I'll come and see you, but I'll come to see you to sort things out. You won't hurt me, will you? And each one came back, no, I won't hurt you. Because he'd, he'd laid all the wills out. He'd written a note uh, to his the family, I'm sorry, and then went out the back and, uh, which, which, I don't know if I should say this, I love it, he blew his head off. He laid all of the paperwork out. So from that, 
it, it looks like there was no intention no. to talk, that no. it was it was planned. Yes, I mean, I think she went back to collect her possessions and uh, she, she'd ran round to a neighbour, the good friends, and she, when she heard... The, when, when she heard, she ran round there, but before she could get to the door, she heard a shot and thought it was a car backfiring. And, of course, she, she found Andrea and she died in, Andrea's died in her arms. I've only managed to start reading her diaries, but I found it too upsetting. I think one day I will sit and read them properly. Oh, yes, just as thought-provoking and shocking as the first time I heard this interview. And of course, like several of these clips, you can hear the whole show by looking at our back catalogue. This story is Series 1, Episode 1, and Nick Little's episode was Series 6, Episode 1. So have you got a podcast recommendation, Susie? I have. This week I've been listening to a new series called The Shrink Next Door. This is a story about power and control and turning to the wrong person for help for decades, I think 21 years it's not really a true crime podcast or a whodunit. It's more a question of, you know, how the hell did it happen? And it's very carefully put together by journalist Joe Nacera. I think I'm pronouncing that right. It's really well produced. The only thing I would say about it is the music that they're using throughout makes it sound kind of a little bit flippant and it isn't it's a really serious story about a really serious subject I think but anyway it's a great listen I'd really recommend it and we will put the link to that on our social media we'll be back in two weeks with another mashup so please do subscribe and recommend us thanks and bye bye we are the backstory podcast on facebook and instagram at the backstory pod on twitter Search for The Backstory with Claire and Susie in your podcast directory. For sponsorship opportunities, or if you'd like to take part in a show, please contact hello at thebackstorypodcast.co.uk. The Backstory Podcast is produced by Tin Shared Productions. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.